Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Farm to Table Studios brings you today's edition of The Howl. Morgan's Farm to Table, located on County Road 42 and Nicollet in Burnsville, Taste the Difference, award-winning. The Howl would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment of The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. I am the riding dirty of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron, they see me rolling grocery. Sean, the producer of the show, and to my left is none other than Rob I'm Swang and Hess, who is the jack of all trades for the program. On the first quarter tonight, it is mock time as Rob brings his mock 3.0, which is his first mock post-lottery, so the order is now set. On the second quarter tonight, that's our Talkers segment, where we have plenty of NBA and WNBA news to cover. Here we will also review Game 1 of the Lynx season and preview upcoming games as well. We start this episode with a quote from the great Michael Jordan. Never say never, because limits, like fears, are just an illusion. First quarter of the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And we are starting this week off with my Mock Draft 3.0. This is the post-lottery edition. So obviously, the lottery, the top picks are all going to be set in stone in terms of order at this stage, which they were not uh, when we did the previous one, uh, our mock, my Mock Draft 2.0. So what we're also going to do in this instance is we're going to... Uh, compare mine to CBS and Yahoo Sports. Those are two that we don't normally compare to, so we thought we'd mix it up a little bit. A lot of times we look at maybe ESPN or a Bleacher Report type uh, website. 
So if we started off, obviously the Suns are number one. And with the Suns pick, I have them going at DeAndre Ayton. Despite uh, Doncic ties to the Suns' new head coach, I do think Ayton is the best player in this draft. And with center being a need as well, I do think this is an easier pick. If in the end, though, they do choose Luka, it wouldn't surprise me. He did just win a EuroLeague MVP for the finals, and he's super impressive at just 19 years of age. And Luka with Booker would be very cool to watch. So uh, I would definitely be excited to watch that pairing if it happened. If we look to both uh, CBS and Yahoo Sports, they both agree that uh, the, the pick right now would be DeAndre Ayton to the Suns at number one. If we move to number two, we have the Sacramento Kings, who are fortunate enough to move up in the draft lottery. And if we look at what they have on the other websites, both of them agree. It'd be uh, Luka Doncic. So let me say they're super fortunate to be here. But it's a great opportunity, obviously, to add another young piece to a a young core that I really like. I've been a big fan of what uh, the Kings have been building uh, in Sacramento. So uh, obviously with the other pieces they already have, uh, despite who's on their roster, I do still think you have to grab Doncic here. I have, I have seen reports that the Kings are going to pass on Doncic, but that, that's, that's crazy to me. Uh, one new name mentioned here is Michael Porter Jr. Uh, as, as someone they're taking a hard look at, which I understand given all his talent. And if you're going to pass on Doncic, I think Porter would be the guy here just because if you're going to move up in the lottery, you really got to take the top guy available you have to um there's also rumor that Doncic may stay in Real Madrid to avoid bad teams but that does sound like it's bogus as well so that's not something I'm uh, too worried about so moving on to pick number three we have the Atlanta Hawks and I have them taking Marvin Bagley the power forward uh, six foot eleven from Duke uh, freshman just 19 years old I think once you pass one and two uh, certainty as far as who's going to go next is not a given I do think that despite him not being my favorite prospect, Bagley makes a lot of sense here for the Hawks, who can put him next to John Collins and have a really solid young front court for the future of the franchise. Looking over at Yahoo Sports, they agree Marvin Bagley makes sense to the Hawks. And if we look at, yep, CBS agrees. So, so far we're in complete agreement as far as who's taking who in the top three. All right, looking at number four, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, and I have them taking Jaron Jackson Jr., the power forward out of Michigan State, six foot ten, just 18 years old currently. If when all is said and done, Jackson ends up being the best player of this draft class, that would not shock me. Uh, for, for a team in a full rebuild, they jump at the chance to draft him here at four. He's going to also be able to continue to improve with the help of one of his best, with one of the best centers in the league, Marcus All, as long as he's still there. Obviously, being in a rebuild, you kind of start to wonder how they're going to handle that. But my guess is that Marcus is still going to be there. Looking at both the others, uh, the Grizzlies have Michael Porter Jr. is who they take in the CBS mock. Uh, looking at Yahoo, Yahoo agrees with me. They do have Jaron Jackson Jr., the Michigan State player. So I do think this is a, a fantastic pick for the Grizzlies at this stage. And uh, I don't think Grizzly fans are going to be too upset about this. Moving on to number five, uh, one of my other favorite players. Now, again, a lot of these guys in the top ten are going to be just really solid players. So, again, you'll hear me say a lot that these are my favorites just because there's so many quality players in this draft. It's incredibly deep. So at five, I have the Dallas Mavericks taking Mo Bamba, the center out of Texas, seven-foot freshman, uh, just under 20 years old. 
Uh, you know, I will say Bamba, a fantastic interview. And his interview at the Combine on ESPN showed just how intelligent and well-spoken he is at just 19 years old. Speaking of the Combine, 7'10 wingspan for Mo Bamba, the largest ever recorded at the Combine. He will be able to defend and rebound immediately at the next level, especially in regards to block shots. Just a fantastic block. A guy at blocking shots, obviously, with that 7'10 wingspan. He does need a more consistent jumper, but even from three, when he when he makes it, it looks silky smooth. So the nice thing about that is he has kind of a, a good jump start on that jump shot uh, already. I continue to see Bamba linked to the Mavs, so that in addition to all the above mentioned, and I think he's just the perfect pick at number five. If we're looking at CBS, CBS has Jaron Jackson going there because obviously he's still available in their mock, and Dallas Mavericks with Yahoo is going Mo Bamba, so... Clearly great minds think alike, Yahoo. You uh, think that uh, what I've been saying is correct. Moving on to number six, we have the Orlando Magic. Yahoo takes Trey Young for the, the Orlando Magic. And if you look at CBS, CBS agrees, and I would have to agree with both of them. This is a guy I've had mocked here since day one. The Magic need a point guard. Trey Young can be their point guard of the future as he fits both best player available as well as a need, making the perfect slam dunk pick. I have seen other people start to mock Colin Sexton here. For my money, I really like Colin Sexton. I just think the ceiling is higher on Trey Young. And I, for my money, I'm going Trey Young here. And I know a lot of Magic fans agree. So again, at six, we have the Magic taking Trey Young, the point guard out of Oklahoma. Moving on to pick seven. This is kind of where it starts to change, I think, a bit for a lot of people. With the Bulls, I have them taking uh, Wendell Carter Jr., so in the past, I did have them taking a, a different player, but I've really started to like what I see from Wendell Carter. And I think he would fit very nicely next to what the Bulls are building. So in my previous mocks, I did have Jaron Jackson making a bit of a drop, but I've really, really fell, fallen in love with Jaron Jackson's game, and I do think he's going to go before seven. Wendell Carter Jr. makes a lot of sense. Uh, power forward center out of Duke, six foot ten, uh, just 18, almost 19 years old. In a different year, Wendell Carter could go as high as number one, uh, according to teammate Gary Trent Jr. Obviously, you have to take that with a grain of salt since he said part of the reason is because Marvin Bagley is so good and he should go number one. So obviously, you know, sticking up for his teammates. But he's not wrong that Wendell Carter Jr. is a fantastic player. I think he's the perfect complement to what they're building there, especially next to Lowry. Can grow as a player as the Bulls grow as a team. I will say, watch him play. His footwork is absolutely fantastic, and I think that's going to be huge as far as uh, playing in the post. And I have seen him start to develop a uh, three-point shot, so shots from distance. So there's definitely going to be some cool options for this team going forward. But at seven, I think this is one option that makes a lot of sense. The other player I will say that I like at seven for the Bulls would be Michael Porter. Some reports have said Michael Porter continues to slide a little bit. And because of that, I do think that Wendell Carter at this stage will be the pick for the Bulls at seven. Reminder, you are listening to the Howell Quarter One Mock Draft 3.0 on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Looking at Yahoo, Yahoo says that the Bulls would take Michael Porter Jr. That's the other guy I was thinking of. And in their mock, the CBS has Mo Bamba going. If Mo Bamba's available, he's, of course, going to be the pick here. Uh, no questions asked. But I do think he'll be gone by number seven. All right, number eight, we have the Cavaliers. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be available. And even this might be too early, only because 
you're hearing that some people are still questioning the medicals and you, they want to see more about that. If he does, in fact, drop to this stage, though, I think he makes a lot of sense. And that's Michael Porter Jr., the small forward out of Missouri, six foot ten, going to the Cavs. Jonathan Gavani talked about how uh, the potential to slide a bit in the draft is Michael Porter Jr. And for me, given the Cavs are likely to lose LeBron this summer, there's no better way to soften that blow than to draft a talented player like Michael Porter uh, to start your rebuild around. Injury concerns are, of course, one of the main reasons he is still available, but he also has question marks on the defensive end, including effort at times. But you just cannot deny that talent. Uh, He's shown a propensity to be able to block shots, again, when he's putting in that effort. And I do think at this next level, you are going to see him shine. Now, I will say he does seem to have at least a little bit of Andrew Wiggins just in terms of he kind of has that nonchalant attitude. Not all the time, but sometimes you kind of get that feeling from him, at least I do, when I watch him. So that's going to be important uh, going forward, that he can always give 110%, you know, every minute of every game. You really want him to, to be consistent on both ends. If we're looking at CBS, CBS has Colin Sexton going to the Cavs. That's been a very popular pick throughout mock drafts, so that would not surprise me if they did go that route and kind of build around him. But if Michael Porter Jr. is available, I do think he is the, the better option here. Yahoo agrees, though. Uh, Colin Sexton. So both uh, both other sites do agree in their mocks that Colin Sexton is going to be going to the Cavaliers. Moving on to pick nine, we have the New York Knicks, and in Yahoo they have him ta- them taking Wendell Carter Jr., which is a fantastic pick for most teams. I don't know that I agree with th- them taking him just because of Porzingis, although they did interview him at the combine and they did mention to him, and it was actually the last question they asked him. And that was the potential fit with Perzingis and kind of his thoughts on that. So that'll be interesting to see if they do go that route. For my money personally, though, I think there's better options available for them. And the Knicks actually agree. Wendell Carter Jr., uh, the, the freshman uh, from Duke, the power forward center. But again, I'm, I'm going to disagree here. And I'm going to go with the Knicks. And it's a guy I've had mocked here since the beginning. And that's Mikael Bridges. I'm a huge fan of his game. He's a wing out of Villanova, six foot seven just under 22 years. I don't know anyone who isn't a big Mikael Bridges fan, and that, of course, includes fans of the Knicks, who I don't think will have any reason to boo this pick as they did the Kristaps pick uh, in a year past. While he joins the league known for his offense, I do think he's going to be a two-way player at the next level for the Knicks. He projects to be the 3-and-D wing, uh, for my money, that everyone wants in today's NBA, so I think he makes a lot of sense here at pick 9 for the Knicks. At pick 10, we have the 76ers. I know that they are huge Mikael Bridges fans, so they would love if he slides. I just don't think that's necessarily realistic. Because of that, I think they go with the other Bridges, a guy that I'm a huge fan of, and he is Miles Bridges out of Michigan State, the six foot seven uh, forward, just 20 years old. Uh, he was interviewed at the Combine. He talked about how important it is to be positionless in today's NBA, and I couldn't agree more. He sounds like he wants to be a Draymond Green type player, and he's actually constantly talking to Draymond, who is helping him a bit on his journey, it sounds like. He projects to be a solid two-way player, and with his ability to cover and score, the Sixers will welcome him with open arms. And he can help to take them to that next level, especially with that positionless play that he has. He feels he can guard many different positions in the NBA, and I, I would agree, and I think he can play that. A lot of times people talk about how you are the position you can play is the positions you can guard. 
So being able to guard multiple positions is going to give them some flexibility. And given they've got a lot of talented players already, I, I like this pick a lot because they can shuffle him around and find where he fits best with the other players. As far as uh, CBS goes, CBS has uh, Mikhail Bridges going here to the 76ers. Now, if he's available, he will 100% be the pick. I just think he's gone at this stage for my money. Uh, and they agree on Yahoo. So, again, if he's available, the Sixers will take Mikael Bridges, but in mine, he is not. Yahoo Sports going to pick number 11 for the Charlotte Hornets. They have Kevin Knox, uh, the freshman from Kentucky. Looking at CBS, they have Miles Bridges going to the Hornets. For my money, I agree with them, and I've had uh, Kevin Knox, I agree with what Yahoo said, going number 11. The small forward out of Kentucky, six foot nine. Uh, just under 19 years old. Uh, I think here's so here starts a play of play a run of players that I continue to see going to the same teams. I already I already had Kevin Knox slotted here in previous mocks. His recent workouts have been team been with top 10 teams though. So some people do think he's going to be going sooner. But given the talent ahead of him, I do still think this is the area he belongs in, and the Hornets are going to nab him. Watching him work out specifically on his three point shot, I will say I love how effortless and easy it is for him. And it looks really good, which I think is going to start to impress some teams if he can keep hitting from range. Uh, twelve and thirteen are the Cleveland, or sorry, are the Los Angeles Clippers. And at twelve and thirteen, I have them going with the same two guys. I just think that these players fit the build and best player available mold for a team that's, you know, still relatively in the rebuilding stages because they traded a bunch of people away. This summer is going to be big because if they trade a guy like DeAndre Jordan, then they're clearly going full rebuild. And that's going to change things up a bit. And that's why these picks make a lot of sense. You have Colin Sexton, uh, the point guard out of Alabama. For anyone that's not aware of him, I suggest you go online, watch clips from him, watch clips of him against the Gophers when uh, they were playing three on five, especially. Very cool moment there. Uh, Robert Williams at 13, power forward center of Texas A&M. I do think that's a solid pick. I have seen a lot of different uh, mockers suggest that he is going there. So I think it makes a lot of sense to put him there regardless. If we're looking at CBS Sports, they have Robert Williams and Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Now, they have Colin Sexton already going. And if that's the case, I think Shai Gilgis-Alexander and Robert Williams make a ton of sense at these picks. So I would not be surprised if that happens if Colin Sexton does go sooner. If we're looking at Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Sports has them taking Miles Bridges, who is still available in their option, and then they have Lonnie Walker. Again, good picks. I just don't think that's the direction they're going to go. And we look at the Yahoo goes to pick number 14 with the Nuggets. They have the guy that we just had going, and that is power forward center Robert Williams uh, out of Texas A&M. Looking at CBS, they have Kevin Knox going. So, we're pretty consistent in terms of who we have going where. And I do think the, the same players, uh, for the most part, are going to be uh, in that lottery. So that there's 14 players, I would say, that are pretty much set in stone for the most part in the lottery. You might see uh, some guys drop a little bit or some guys go up a little bit. But for the most part, I do think uh, these 14 players are pretty much set in stone as far as the lottery goes. It's just a matter of where they end up going. For me, uh, going to pick 14, I have Shy Gilgis-Alexander going here because he's still available in mine, uh, 19-year-old freshman, 6'6", out of Kentucky. We've talked in the past about how I think you could go, do a lot worse than grabbing another combo guard like they already did in Jamal Murray in Shy Gilgis-Alexander. 
I'm not going to go too in depth here because honestly, the way he is starting to move up draft boards, reports, reports, reports are now so now that that Nuggets could be lucky if he's here. We talked about earlier about how while the four team players are probably for the most part set, I do think where they go in those top 14 is going to change. I know Shai Gilgis Alexander has fans all over the league. Many feel he will continue to rise by the time the draft is here. So time will tell. Moving on to 15. This is a pick that I've kind of been all over the place for. I know I had Mitchell Robinson in, in past mocks. Here, this time I'm going with Lonnie Walker, the shooting guard out of Miami. Six foot four. He's a freshman, uh, 19 years old. For a team that has some cap issues and is sort of stuck in the middle, I think similar to a rebuilding team, going best player available here makes a lot of sense. Lonnie, for my money, is arguably the best player at this stage, and I have seen his name mentioned by Wizards insiders as well as fans. So it's definitely someone that's been linked to them. Lonnie has one of the higher ceilings available uh, at this point in the draft, and I, I just think you can't go wrong with that six foot ten wingspan. If he can be a combo guard, this is an even better pick since the league loves position flexible players, those positionless players that we talked about earlier. So that's going to be a big portion of this. Now, one guy I've really uh, started to move up my mock, and I've jumped up to 16 here with the Suns, and that's Aaron Holiday, the point guard, UCLA, uh, the junior, 21 years of age, six foot one. Some of his stats, 20.3 points per game, 5.8 assists per game, 43% from three. The Suns GM mentioned that their plans will vary on draft night, but was specific in saying that if they do take a big man at one, then they would target a perimeter player here. Aaron Holiday has already has really started to move up uh, draft boards more recently, so this is a good spot for him and definitely fits a need. Basketball is in his blood, as his brothers are Drew and Justin. For anyone that's not aware of them, so just a really a good name to watch, and I have seen him start to show up uh, on other people's mocks here as well. Looking at CBS, so CBS has the Wizards taking uh, Kata Bates Diop, which makes a lot of sense. I can completely understand that. He's started to jump up boards as well. Very solid player. And then they have the Suns taking Lonnie Walker. I can't necessarily disagree with either of those picks. I think that's those are solid players. And outside of the lottery, I think it's a little bit more of a crapshoot as to who's going where. If you look at Yahoo Sports, they have the Wizards taking uh, Kata Bates' job and the Suns taking Shy Gilgis Alexander. The Suns could not run to the podium fast enough if somehow, and I don't think he will be, but if somehow Shy Gilgis Alexander is, is available, they will run to that podium to make sure that they can get him on this team. So that's going to be the pick there for them if we're looking at Yahoo, and it makes a lot of sense if true. The Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at the next pick, number 17. Yahoo Sports has them going with the shooting guard, Zaire Smith. And the Bucks have Troy Brown on the CBS Sports mock draft. I personally am sticking with a previous pick that I've already made to them, which is Zaire Smith. So I agree with Yahoo Sports. Six foot five. Uh, 18 years of age almost 19 if you haven't had a chance yet i strongly urge you to watch espn combine coverage especially where zyar smith was interviewed on day one the kid is an elite rebounder and listening to him talk along with what jay billis says in regards to coaches can't get upset when players can't box him out because he's just so good at it they talk about in this interview just how important rebounding has been to Zaire Smith. And if you watch him play, the guy is a monster boxing people out. So I think this is a fantastic pick here for the Bucks. The Bucks are another one of those teams that are kind of stuck in that middle ground. So I think you got to go with just talented players. And at 17, I've, you just can't go wrong with Zaire Smith. Moving to 18, this is a pick that I've had trouble pegging. This is the Spurs. 
I had Zan and Musa in my most recent draft, but I just think the fact that um, you don't know what their team's going to look like this summer, it's going to be an important offseason for them. I don't think they can afford to take a chance necessarily on Zanin. So my, um, there's uncertainty with Kawhi and other players aging. I think something more solid is the right play here. Kato was the Big Ten player of the year, and he is 22 years old, so he's a little more seasoned, and he'll be able to contribute day one for the Spurs. So four-year junior at Ohio State, averaged 19.8 points, 8.7 rebounds, and 1.6 assists, and 1.6 shots per game. Uh, in addition to, uh, to that, uh, at the NBA Combine, he measured a 7'3 wingspan, actually a little over 7'3, and recorded an 8'10.5 standing jump. Uh, he also has a body fat content of just 5.35%. So you're definitely seeing that he is going to be able to contribute at the next level, and I think that makes a lot of sense for the Spurs, someone that's going to be able to help out right away. Looking at CBS, they have uh, Kyrie Thomas going to the Spurs. Obviously, as a Wolves fan, I do not hope that happens, but it would make a lot of sense. Looking at Yahoo Sports at number 18 for the Spurs, they have Chandler Hutchison going. He is a player that has started to move up boards, but I would be a little surprised if he goes this early. But again, I like him a lot, so I, I don't think they can necessarily go wrong with that pick here if that is the guy. Reminder, you are listening to the Howell Quarter 1 Mock Draft 3.0 on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Guy they go with. Yahoo then has at 19 the Hawks taking point guard Jalen Brunson Jr. from Villanova. I know they talk about how Dennis Schroeder is uh, Dennis Schroeder is not happy in Atlanta, but I still think that this is a little early for Brunson. In past mock drafts, I have had him going uh, later in the first round if he does go in the first round at all. Very solid player, but I just think that there's uh, better options here uh, at 19 for the Suns or sorry for the Hawks. And if you look at CBS, they have uh, Zan and Musa uh, using the pick they acquired from us, from the Timberwolves, uh, taking him here. Again, for a rebuilding team, I get it, and I would not be shocked if this was the pick. I'm a huge Musa fan. He does have to get better, obviously, on the defensive side, as he is, uh, let's be honest, basically a train wreck. But if they pick him up here, it's because they're rebuilding and they know at just 18 years old, 19 years old, they're going to be able to work and they're going to be able to kind of bring him into the fold. For my money, I'm going Troy Brown here to the Hawks. I think, as we talked about, there's other names that could also make sense. And I do feel wing or more specific shooting guard makes a lot of sense. And value-wise, I think that's the best position available in this stage. Jonathan Gavani agrees with this in his latest mock where he too has Troy Brown going here at this spot. What I love about Brown is he, he is six foot seven and has shown good playmaking ability. He also has a nice six foot eleven wingspan and should be able to be a solid two way player. The key for him is going to be a lot more consistent as far as having a jump shot. But at eighteen years old, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I mean, a lot of these guys come into the NBA and their their jump shot definitely needs some fine tuning. He's no different, and I think that he's going to be okay uh, once he works on that a little more, especially with a professional shooting coach. Now to the name that uh, most Howell fans are looking for, and that's who the Wolves are going to take at 20. I have not changed my mind from Mock Draft 2.0, and I'm going to say Kyrie Thomas, the shooting guard out of Creighton, six foot three. And again, you know, much like I said before, the more I look into this draft, the more I really like Thomas, especially for the Wolves. Now, I wish he was a little taller. I'm sure he wishes he was a little taller too, but that long wingspan that he uses to be a really good defender is going to be super important. 
On top of that, great shooter, can jump right in, I think, and help out on both ends, whether he's going to be off the bench, whether he has to maybe spot start due to injury. I think you have some flexibility with him where he can play some pretty good minutes right off the bat, and that's going to help to replace a guy like Jamal Crawford, for example, or whoever else we end up losing uh, in this offseason. Looking at CBS Sports, CBS has us taking Mitchell Robinson. I think that makes zero sense. Uh, We'll go over what they have to say here. Robinson made a mess of his college situation by enrolling at Western Kentucky. And then just two weeks later, leaving campus and asking for a release. The seven-foot forward never actually enrolled in another school, meaning he did not play competitive basketball anywhere this past season. That's neither ideal nor smart, and it's possibly a red flag, but there's no guarantee it'll cost Robinson on much much on draft night in fact it's actually reasonable to think that it could help him go in the top 20 given that he never ran the risk of being exposed in a college game before someone spends a draft pick on him this is just an absolutely foolish pick given who we already have given we drafted justin Patton last season i just this makes no sense to me i just think this is a really uh, this is a poor option to say the least i i like mitchell robinson as a prospect i do not like him for the wolves Looking at uh, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Sports has us taking, uh, they agree with me, Kyrie Thomas. And what they say is, Thomas didn't put it all together until this season. But the 6'3 combo guard continues to draw rave reviews for his smooth shooting stroke, which is 41% from three. Excellent decision-making and eagerness to rebound amid the, amid the trees. Blessed with a 6'10 wingspan, Thomas also plays more like a 6'6 wing than an undersized two. Minnesota needs his services, and I could not agree more. Moving on from Yahoo, uh, Utah Jazz at 21. They have them at Yahoo taking guard Anthony Simons from the IMG Academy. Looking at CBS, they say Zaire Smith, which if Zaire Smith is available, I do think that would make a lot of sense for him to be the pick here. So that would not surprise me. So for my money, looking at the Jazz, I have had Simons here from day one. And while I was tempted to move Dante DiVincenzo here the fact that Donovan Mitchell and him are very close sealed the deal for me I have said in the past that I think of the players available at the spot Simons has the potential to be that home run pick albeit with a lower floor than some of the others if Simons can reach that ceiling the Jazz can take that next step and can challenge pretty much anyone given who they already have and the added chemistry and ease to the NBA that can come from knowing someone on the team that drafts you know the team that drafts you if you know someone on that team or you've played with them any of those things i think are huge and can really help your development i think it can help you kind of take that next step a little earlier than than someone that just goes into kind of a strange environment at 22 we have the bulls now i am definitely a fan of chandler hutcherson and that's who i have going here he's the six foot seven small forward out of boise state just under 22 years old if the wolves were to grab him I would not be that upset. I have seen other people mention him tied to the Wolves. And so if he ended up being the pick, I wouldn't be upset. But I do like other prospects ahead of him, specifically for the Wolves. But here at the Bulls pick, I do think this is going to be it. I have heard rumblings that Chandler does have a promise here to the Bulls, which is why he uh, did not participate in Combine. I think he makes a lot of sense for a young rebuilding team, especially given he's a little older and a little more polished at this spot than some of the other people that are available, given that he's a little older. So I do think this makes a lot of sense. And he has that extra experience. And considering how young this team already is, getting someone that's a little more polished probably makes a lot of sense at pick 22, especially if these rumblings are true and he does have a promise to the Bulls. 
CBS, we look at what they have. They have Aaron Holiday, the guy we talked about earlier, who is starting to move up draft boards. They have him going with pick 22. I know as a rebuilding team, you, you want to take best player available. I just don't know that, that Holiday is that pick here. I think you already have Chris Dunn. Now, a lot of people, maybe myself included, don't really see Chris Dunn as a point guard. So maybe that's why they would go this route. And they see Chris Dunn as more of like that Dwayne Wade or like a wing defender, a wing guy. But we're looking at Yahoo Sports. Yahoo Sports has Mitchell Robinson going. Now, if depending on how their first pick goes, Mitchell Robinson would make a lot of sense here for a team that is in rebuild. So it would not, it's not the most surprising pick, let's say that. At 23, Yahoo has the Indiana Pacers selecting shooting guard Grayson Allen, the senior out of Duke. I, you know, he has started to move up drafts because of his combine numbers and what he's able to do at the combine. I'm just not totally sold on him to the Pacers, but I, if they do go that route, I get it. A guy that I do like to the Pacers is who CBS has going there. If Simons is available, I do think he would be the pick here. I just think you can't deny the talent that he has and the ceiling that he has, and you put that together, and I think you just have a chance to get a really nice player. And I think that's the direction that they would go in this instance if he's available. In my mock, though, obviously Simons is not available. He's already gone to the Jazz. So I have the Pacers taking Dante DiVincenzo, a guy that's really started to jump up boards. 21 he's a guard out of villanova six foot five with a six six wingspan one stat i saw that i thought was impressive is his 2017 2018 box plus minus was 9.6 that's actually better than colin sexton but worse than trey young if you're kind of looking at what he can do and most people would say he is a guy that can play both guard positions which would be huge obviously the pacers are a lot better than we anticipated and a lot of that's given to victor oladipo so adding another player that can play both guard positions, I think, is just a huge coup. Um, and like we talked about, he's starting to move up draft boards, and I do think the combine helped him even more. Jonathan Gavani was quoted. He said, great first half from Dante, Vin- Din- Dante DiVincenzo. Plays such a physical brand of basketball, making the right plays, passing ahead. He hit one deep NBA three, really playing competently. confidently. I was skeptical about him playing here after the Final Four, but he's no question helping himself here. Now, I'm going to add to this. For my money, he should have the ability to play both guard spots. And, and as we talked about, that's going to be the crucial thing for me if he's going to go this early, especially for the Pacers. And today's NBA, where we talked about earlier, being positionless or playing multiple positions is a huge commodity. So I think he makes a lot of sense here to the Pacers. At 24, I have the Blazers, and I have them taking Jacob Evans, the small forward out of Cincinnati, six foot six, just uh, 20 years old, almost 21. Evans met with the Blazers at the Combine, and I think this is good value here. I have seen other mocks have him sooner, and I have seen some where they go quite a bit later than this. Um, but it, So it kind of varies, but I think best player available at this stage does depend a bit on need and personal preference. But you can't go wrong with Evans at 24 here is in terms of value. And if you're the Blazers, you're a team that's very cap-crunched. And so I think taking best player available is even more important because then hopefully you can kind of slot him in kind of wherever you need to use him because you don't have a lot of options. Moving on to 25, we have the Lakers, and I have them taking Mitchell Robinson, uh, the center, uh, foot 6'11", 20 years old. Reports have come out that Robinson has a promise in the first round. Some are actually saying that it is, in fact, the Lakers that have made that promise. So that's why this would make a lot of sense. 
when you hear Mitchell Robinson pulled completely out excuse me, of the combine and Brooke Lopez is likely leaving in free agency. That just adds to why this makes a lot of sense at 25. This seems like a solid pick a player. I originally had 10 spots earlier to the wizards in earlier mocks. So again, I think Mitchell Robinson would be a solid pick here for the Lakers. If we look at the CBS for the Blazers, they have Chandler Hutchison going to 24, which would be a solid pick. I think And at 25, the Lakers taking Bruce Brown Jr. I will say I am starting to be more intrigued by Bruce Brown Jr. So he is definitely going to be a name to watch going forward as far as mocks are concerned. Reminder, you are listening to the Howell Quarter 1 Mock Draft 3.0 on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Looking at Yahoo Sports, they have Jacob Evans going to the Trailblazers. Same as me, actually. And they have the Lakers taking Dante DiVincenzo, which, again, if he's available, a very solid pick. But I'd be a little surprised if he is available, given he started to jump up boards. At 26, the Philadelphia 76ers, Yahoo has them taking shooting guard Gary Trent Jr. out of Duke. Obviously, here on the Howl, we are big fans of him. We interviewed his dad last year. And we've just got nothing but good things to say about this kid. I don't think at this stage he can be necessarily considered a two-way player. He definitely needs to improve on his defense. But he is a solid scorer, and that's going to be huge for him at this next level. And he can shoot. Shot a very good percentage from distance in college. Looking at CBS, uh, CBS has the 76ers taking Grayson Allen. I think uh, a pretty good player at this stage. If you're going to go with Grayson Allen, given the combine numbers he put up, I think that could make a lot of sense. And the 76ers are already a good team, so grabbing a more veteran player would make the team uh, better, obviously, uh, more immediately than some of the other players. For my money, I go with a player that I really, really like, and that's Jonte Porter. We've talked about him in the past, how he, to me anyways, I know a lot of people don't agree with this. I think he's going to be a little more positionless than some people realize. I think he'll be able to play some small forward, uh, obviously some four and some five as well. And so I love the value of Jonte Porter here. He could go much sooner than this. He could go later than this. It's really tough to peg his true value at this stage. But at 26 uh, with the 76ers, I think he's a really good pick because I, you know, if, if someone told me at 20, the Wolves had looked at Jonte Porter, I would get it. And so at 26, I really like this pick. Moving on to 27, the Celtics, I'm going with really good value here. And that's Zanin Musa. At one point, I had him mocked to the Timberwolves. So the six foot nine small forward makes a lot of sense here. Just 18 years, almost 19 years old is an absolute beast on the offensive end, but he has to say he has question marks on the defensive end would be an understatement. He has a long ways to go on that side. So that's definitely going to have to be an improvement for him. But again, he's just 19 years old, so there's definitely room for him to improve. And obviously with the Celtics, they can they can wait on him. They're so talented. They have tons of top-end young talent, so they can wait on him. And if he wants to just grow a little bit more in Europe, he can do that. If they want to bring him over, they can have him grow with the team, maybe with their G League franchise. I mean, you have some options if you're the Celtics, and that's why I think this pick makes more sense than to some other teams because they don't need him to produce right away. CBS has the Celtics grabbing Jacob Evans. We've, I had him going sooner, and so I think that's a good pick. I will be a little surprised if Evans is available here just because he's really started to jump up boards more so. Landry Shamet, the point guard, is who they have the Celtics taking on Yahoo Sports. 
he's another name I've started to see climbing up boards. Again, the end of this first round is definitely going to be a little bit of a crapshoot, so we'll see which direction they end up going. But for my money, I do like Zan and Musa if he's available at this pick. Yahoo Sports has the Warriors actually moving uh, at, at 28 to take Zan and Musa, who we just talked about, which would be, I think, a home run pick for the Warriors. And again, another team that doesn't need him to contribute right away. So if they do go this route, I would very much like it. CBS Sports has Landry Shamet uh, at the point guard we just talked about from the Yahoo side of things. Uh, they have the Warriors taking him. I do think a point guard makes a lot of sense here for the Warriors. Given that uh, Sean Livingston isn't exactly, you know, a young kid, uh, you know, they're probably going to need someone sooner than later as far as a point guard, a backup point guard. So looking at my draft, uh, looking at the Warriors, uh, I do definitely go a different direction. And for me, I go Kevin Herter, uh, the shooting guard. He is uh, 19 years old, six foot seven. To to quote, so Kevin O'Connor on uh, on Twitter, he says, no doubt, excellent showing for Kevin Herter so far today. He's talking about the combine, obviously. Arguably the best off-balance three-point shooter in the draft clean shooting stroke with deep range and impressive passing vision for his position he's a potential riser it was mentioned on the espn combine i believe it was by mike schmitz that he said if at this stage kevin herter is going to go in the first round that's his understanding from just talking to league sources if he does stay in the draft it's no guarantee that he does stay in the draft he could go back to college uh, but he has helped himself so far. He looks automatic from NBA range with his feet set, passing it well, putting in a good effort defensively. He's grown over an inch since last year, according to the measurements. Seems to have strong buzz among NBA folks. Uh, that last paragraph was from Jonathan Gavani. So obviously at the combine, people have been raving about this kid and his shooting ability. I have seen some people mention his comparisons to Clay Thompson. And if that's the case, especially, I think you can go do a lot worse if you're the Warriors you make a big focus at shooting three-pointers, and why not grab possibly the next Clay Thompson at number 28? So I think that's the pick for the Warriors. At 29, another player that's starting to jump up boards, and it sounds like is going to go in the first round at some point, would be Melvin Frazier, the small forward from Tulane. That is who I have the Nets taking, uh, just 21 years old, almost 22, six foot six. But I really like him at, th- at this point in the draft. And given that he's starting to move up boards, and a lot of people think he'll go in the first round, I think this is a good value pick for the Nets. Looking at CBS. They have DeAnthony Melton. He's a guy I had in my previous mocks. I do not have in this one. They have him going to the Nets. And looking at the Nets pick, they have Moritz uh, Wagner Jr. out of Michigan in the Yahoo Sports mock. That's actually a guy I had the Nets looking at in previous mocks. So if they went that route, I could see that. But I have not been hearing his name uh, as much lately. So I do think he's a guy that's probably going to slide to the second round. And then we go to pick 30 for Yahoo Sports. The Hawks taking the guy I just took to the Nets, shooting guard small forward Melvin Frazier Jr. What they say about Melvin Frazier, dynamite six foot six athlete with length. He has a seven foot wingspan, three level scoring ability. He's a rising prospect who should excel at the combine. There is some Gerald Green to his game, they say. But with the potential to refine his pull up skills and become a stronger on ball defensive presence. Frazier may also be able to guard both backcourt positions in addition to bigger wings. So you're seeing a lot of the reasons why he's starting to move up people's boards and why he makes a lot of sense at 34, the Hawks. 
If you're looking at CBS Sports, they have Shake Milton, another guy that I uh, had in previous mocks. I do not have in this one, but they have him take him going to the Hawks here at pick 30. He's the point guard from SMU. And for my money, I'm going to go with uh, the very polarizing Grayson Allen. So in Thursday's testing, so Allen had a 10.31 lane agility, uh, his second one. That's one of the best combine times ever. So in combine history, that 10.31 lane agility drill is one of the best we've ever seen. He also posted the second best shuttle this season, uh, 3.4 seconds, and sixth best vertical leap, so 40.5 inches, which is crazy good. So obviously, you start to see that obviously he's more athletic than people realized. According to SB Nation's uh, Ricky O'Donnell, Scouts always look for one-footed leapers because they can get off the ground quicker. And his vertical leap is one that he actually, in this combine, was one of the few guys that actually left off one foot. So that's actually kind of a, a, cool, a cool little fact about Grayson Allen. Uh, Allen told reporters Friday that he's going to talk to NBA teams about, obviously, the problems he had in college. He's fully aware that they're fully aware that he has an issue with tripping other players. And he, his, he specifically says, you have to address it for sure. It's something that comes from my competitiveness. Competitiveness that I've had as a player, competitiveness that was pointed in the wrong direction and went over the line. It's obviously something that I needed to work on and address. So he is my pick, Grayson Allen, going at 30 to the Hawks. And that does it for uh, this week's first quarter. Again, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is the Howl quarter one and this was my mock draft 3.0 we will definitely have many more mocks uh, prior to the actual draft but this is where we're at currently and i think we've got some pretty good options and it's going to be fun to see going forward in the coming weeks how things change for mine and some of the other uh, mockers out there so uh, you've been listening to the howl coming up on quarter two we have our talkers segment uh, gonna look at the WNBA, break down the uh, minnesota Lynx first game Looking at some NBA talkers and lots of other news and notes coming up. How does winning over $1 million in prizes sound? Hi, Kevin Drays from The Howl, Timberwolves radio show here. And Rode Microphones wants to help you do just that. My Road Reel, the world's largest short film festival, just launched for 2018 with over $1 million in prizes available. Want to enter? Go to www.rode.com slash myroadreel and follow four easy steps. You download the starter pack, create your short film, make a BTS and submit. It's as simple as that. Contest closes July 31st. For more info and rules, visit road.com slash my road real road studio quality, easy accessibility since 1967 quarter two of the howl here on dash radios, nothing but a channel. And this is our talker segment. This is where we break down everything NBA WNBA that you could ever want to know, the news and the noteworthy, if you will. And I think, guys, a big news uh, piece, whether it's real or fake, uh, is the the building tension in the Wolves front office between uh, the Wolves front office as a whole, base is what it sounds like, and Carl Anthony Towns. And, uh, I mean, some people are blowing it way out of proportion one way or another, and I, I think uh, the three of us need to talk on this. We need to... We need to air out some grievances one way or another. Yeah, so the big story obviously was the 
rumor that was out there about uh, Tom Thibodeau throwing the computer through the glass wall. That was from uh, one of my Twitter friends, uh, Travis Lyle Check, was the one that reported that uh, one of his friends works, or at least he knows someone within the Timberwolves organization. Now, it sounds like from our guy Doogie that uh, they've been able to prove that that did not happen. But just the fact that there's people in the organization that are trying to throw Thibs under the bus like that, I think that gives you a good idea of kind of where we're at in terms of uh, turmoil within the team. Rob, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios where it's a, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't like to throw that analogy around a lot because I think people can create the smoke a lot of times. I will say this with the, the coaching changes, there was three removals. Um, and then there was a fourth for disciplinary reasons. And then on the heels of that was this incident, um, to what escalation um, is to be determined, but it was a matter of some significance. And following that, you see uh, what is reported as some frustrations from the Carl Anthony Towns camp. So all those things combined within a week after week after week period, we're talking about a three-week span, essentially, it starts to make you wonder. And further, we're dealing with an organization that we really don't get a lot of information from. So what do we really have to go off of? You know, you have, you have Doogie who is covering the team. You have uh, Jerry Zagoda who is covering the team and you know, the news is what you get. Um, From there, you can kind of speculate on some things. I will say this, this is the most important offseason the Timberwolves have had likely ever coming up we have three stars on this roster butler towns and wiggins that you have to draft well and find some players that complement and can fill some major voids whether it's defensive wing presence three-point shooting now is not the time to having a you know a kerfuffle whatever you want to call it i mean this is not the time so I don't know what they have to do, but there has to be some, I'm surprised they haven't done some public, you know, engagement where they're interacting with each other and they're showing some positive light to this. You know, instead, you hear nothing from either party. Um, You see nothing uh, coming from the team standpoint. So you really wish you could see some positivity coming from them outside of just simply speculation in a negative fashion. Well, I, I see some positivity from the Carl Anthony Towns Instagram account. Uh, but that's basically him in Hawaii. Yes, uh, chilling, it's all chilling, on, chilling on the beach, chilling with his with his buddies, and and you know it's it's good to see him get a break because I think he he does deserve it for how well he played this year. Uh, Sands a couple games in the playoffs, but you know he he needs his rest time, and I think the time away is going to give him give him an opportunity to kind of just chill and relax and. And figure everything out, and he'll come back down here, and and hopefully you can hash everything out with with Fibs, and we can go from there. The the one thing I will say is, I mean, media outlets have kind of taken this by storm, and everybody seems to offer their own opinion. But the one consensus that I'm seeing, and I think all three of us here are 100% in agreement, if you're Glenn Taylor, and you're given the option of, hey, it's Tom Thibodeau or Carl Anthony Towns, one's got to stay, one's got to go. I think 99.9% of this Minnesota Timberwolves fan base would say keep Carl Anthony Towns and get rid of Thibs. There's maybe one or two people 
that would say, no, let's let's just get rid of Towns. Let's keep Fibs. I will say I'm surprised if you go on Twitter, try to have this conversation in a more of a public forum. You definitely get a surprisingly amount of like Fibs apologists, which I think is crazy to me. I don't understand how anyone could be on that side of the fence. Well, I mean, they probably don't know why they're on that side. I mean, goes to what I'm saying. I don't think you have any proper, nobody has any proper information on is this truly impactful in the sense, did, did things really happen this way? You know, it'd be nice if uh, <clears throat> the, the people at hand here that we're discussing just could flat out say, hey, you know, I'm calling BS on this. None of this happened or you're, you're all taking this out of context, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we are in a state where, you know, the NBA is focused now on simply four teams. The rest of uh, NBA Twitter and people that are watching the league closely you know, what else is there to talk about? It doesn't help when you have people fanning the flames to this, you know, Bleacher Reports put, putting things out there. You know, Devin Booker posting uh, pictures of Carl Anthony Towns in a Sun jersey. You know, it, things like this don't help and matters any way, shape, or form. So it'd be nice if, you know, the people maybe involved, you know, could just be, hey, this is all BS. But until we hear that, it's likely never going to happen. You know, there's always going to be that talk. Well, you know, you mentioned the Devin Booker picture, and then there was the Zach Levine. Uh, he pointed something out, too, on, on Twitter. Obviously, these guys are like, well, wait, if, if it's possible that Carl Towns could go somewhere or it could be tradable, we obviously have to jump in on that. And the thing I'll say about that is, first of all, who doesn't like their friends' tweets? Like, we all do it. Carl Towns is no different. Uh, Devin Booker and Zach Levine are two of his closer friends. Yep. So for people to read into that, like, oh, Carl Towns is talking about leaving, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what's happening. Also, I promise you, you need to actually listen to the stuff that gets posted. So it was like a horrible game of telephone, the the Brian Weinhorst, Zach Lowe stuff. Yep. It was absolutely stupid. I listened to it, so there was a uh, some random T-Wolves fan that posted about it, and he posted it like it was like Weinhorst saying, oh, yeah, Carl Towns is like on the trading block. And it's like, no, that's not what's happening. Not at all what he talked about. The premise was they were talking about the Celtics, and they were mostly talking about, during this episode, playoff teams. And specifically, when they were talking about the Celtics, they said if the Celtics were to go all youth, just given how well their young players are playing, and if they were to trade a guy like Hayward or a guy like Kyrie Irving, he mentioned, what about a Kyrie Irving for Carl Towns swap? His point was... Carl Towns is still under his rookie deal. If you trade him, the team that you trade him to can still sign Carl Towns to the Supermax. Yep. He said a name that he compared him to would have been Anthony Davis, and he made a point to say Anthony Davis is untouchable. They're not tr- like, that's not realistic. So he, he was preface it, pre- prefacing it by saying specifically that. There's a reason why. But then they did add into addition what we talked about, the whole turmoil behind the scenes. But he added that it's not realistic and that the Wolves are not trading towns. So for people to spitball this into this like crazy story was just frustrating to say the least. Well, and that's exactly where we've gotten to. It's, it became a crazy story and it's really been one of the top attention seeking and getting, uh, issues in, involved in the Timberwolves community. The bottom line is I don't care what you're trying to do. You're never going to find a trade package. That's going to somehow equate to an even Steven type of deal for Carl Anthony towns. You're talking about a generational talent. I don't even care if it's the number one pick The number one pick isn't guaranteed. Let's, 
be clear on that. Yep. You know, just because you have been the plenty first, of number ones that don't pan out. Exactly. And this one has, and he's blossomed and he's getting better and better and better. And you have to be a fool to not see the potential that is there for Carl Anthony Towns year after year going forward for, I mean, this guy could be getting better for the next eight to 10 to 12 years. Yep. So, uh, you should do everything in, in, you know, in your power to hang on to him. I guess my, my biggest issue with all of this too, is that we're not seeing anything from the front office going, we're not trading towns. Towns is untouchable. What you're hearing is, is, you know, just, just to quote, to quote a, a horrible source, fake news. You know, I mean, it's you don't hear any of that from this front office. And I get that Thibs and Layden have always been tight lipped. And that's been one thing that fans both love and hate about them is, you know, but when this kind of thing pops up, if he really is the cornerstone and face of your franchise, man, you got to come out and say he's not he's not being traded. We're not moving on this. And, you know, people are going to look into it how they will, but at least make a statement on it, because you say more when you don't say anything than when you say something and their radio silence through all of this tells me that they're not sure of towns and that's incredibly scary well i think you were really good up until that last part i think you you know maybe that's reading a bit into it kevin but the bottom line is this is probably one of the weirdest off seasons we've had since let's say kevin loves knuckle push-ups yeah, it's, it's definitely weird, which I think that's a good segue into our Howl Hot topic this week. Uh, for anyone that didn't see it, I posted a poll, and this is in regards to what's coming up on the third quarter. Uh, so I think we should go over those numbers quick. So basically, we took a roster from our 2K segment. And so looking at that roster, it's Carl Towns, and he obviously is the, the focal point of this. Yep. So if you're the Timberwolves, this might be something they want to look at, uh, you know, maybe run some simulations. I mean, you shouldn't have to do this, So, but we did it for him. We ran some simulations in 2K. We'll get to that in the next segment, but it's Towns, Adams, Zach Levine, DeMontis Sabonis, Torian Prince, Frank Nilakina, uh, Bielitsa, Tyus Jones, we have Miles Bridges, one of my favorite guys, uh, Timothy Luawu Cabarro. TLC. Yep, that's our guy. Uh, Justin Patton, Kobe Simmons, Furkan Korkmaz, Tyler Lydon, and uh, for good measure, we added in Leangelo Ball, who is an undrafted free agent. Yeah, he's so, the, the 14th <laughs> guy. He doesn't, he, Aaron he doesn't Bro- play Aaron too Brooks often. Pay, plays more minutes in a regular season than Leangelo so, Ball. So, based on the votes, so what we said is, how did the team finish? And the options were championship, which understandably no one said yes to that uh 39% said playoff team 30% said lottery team and 31% uh quoted our good guy Charles Barkley with that's terrible I'm, I'm included in that terrible you really thought it'd be terrible yeah I did. oh man well I guess people are gonna find out next quarter do you want to know what I picked what's your pick I picked playoff yeah I think I think playoff is fair uh, I think championship is is going to be a, a pipe dream, but I guess we'll see uh, coming up on quarter three. So keep an eye on the Howl Radio Twitter account. Uh, each week we have polls like this yeah. or other topics uh, to go over. Uh, let's get into another tweet. Uh, Rob, I think you shared this with us in your conversation with a couple guys. Uh, 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 Tyus Wiggins belly trade proposal so i had the original idea i was spitballing trying to come up with ideas for a wiggins trade and for me one of the teams i I looked at was the knicks and and this is how this all started is i said to myself 
how can we get a guy that might be slipping in the draft process, which is Michael Porter Jr.? And I said, if if we don't want to pay Andrew Wiggins the kind of money he's being paid, which I do understand that argument. And Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN Draft Express, he pointed out that towards the end of the lottery might be where Michael Porter Jr. is going. So I said, if we're sitting at 20, what would it take to move up? And so we had a conversation, uh, me and a bunch of people on Twitter. I finally came up with the idea that we would look at the Knicks. And I said, why don't we look at the Knicks? We would do some sort of a trade centered around the number nine pick. And Andrew Wiggins going to them. And then in terms of making the salary work, unfortunately, you know, the Wolves would have to take back Joe Kim Noah. But obviously Tom Thibodeau would love that, yeah, that would love portion that. of it. And and obviously you're saving money. Now, this kind of springboarded into some pretty, pretty heated discussions with some of Wolves Twitter because obviously no one wants to be taking back Joe Kim Noah. But for me, it was off of real. I was trying to be realistic. Yeah. Well. So in, in this conversation, we got to having a conversation, me and a, a guy named Greg Schumacher, and, and he had a, a really valid point. And he pointed out the team we should be looking at, actually, would be the Clippers. So he kind of threw out there at least the, the basis of a trade, something along the lines of, so Tyus Jones, Wiggins, and Belly, and Belly would be a sign-and-trade. Uh, and the Wolves would get DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley in a sign-and-trade, and Patrick Beverly. And I could not love that trade more. Now, again, I'm not advocating we necessarily have to trade Wiggins, but there's so many people that want to just throw him away. They're like, oh, he doesn't do what we want him to for $150 million. I want this guy gone. If you had to trade Andrew Wiggins, this is a pretty solid deal. And, and you're talking about a Clippers team that's likely looking to move a lot of these players. Wow, Rob. I have to admit, uh, DeAndre fills our center need. We could we could have that combo four of a cat mismatch at the four four and five DeAndre they can cover that defensive end rebounding's taken care of now you have your rim presence now you're bringing in some serious defenders with Bradley and Beverly your backcourt is probably never stronger because you're gonna have Crawford Bradley and Beverly with Rose well no Crawford anymore. Or my bad, Bradley, Beverly, Butler. Yes, I mean that's that's some solid. You you've obviously upgraded you, your roster depth. Number yeah, one, I, mean, so I said got, Crawford. I meant Teague. You basically my got bad guys. yeah Teague and Beverly, Butler and Bradley, DeAndre and Cat. And you still got Rose. Who, and you still have Derrick Rose. Well, if you make this deal, though, playoffs. if you make this deal, I would assume the, you'd probably look to either trade Jeff Teague or you would not sign Derrick Rose because you're bringing in Patrick Beverly, who the way he plays, you'd want him to get minutes. Well, not necessarily because I mean you have to remember Teague's on a two two year plus a player option, so I mean at most he's here for two more seasons. If you can make the financials work, I get wanting because if you had a three point guard rotation of you know Beverly, Teague, and Rose, and and Rose can play a little off while they used him last year. Yeah. Dibs likes using him that way. I think Patrick Beverly can obviously because he can guard multiple. I think Patrick Beverly can guard some shooting guards. Obviously, he can guard point guards. So you have a little flexibility there. Bradley too. does both as well. I yeah, mean, he, so he's played point guard. I plenty. like that you have some flexibility here. I, I think that's what's nice about this. And you're talking about in this deal, you're keeping the twenty pick. I mean, I think that's I think that's pretty nice. That's big. That's absolutely big. You know, in the Knicks deal, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Eli, uh, at you know the half court press, 
Aaron, he pointed out, because he's a big Knicks fan and he's a Wolves fan, and he said, if you're being realistic, he said, could we take, so he was like, we'll add Courtney Lee. So the Wolves would get Courtney Lee in a deal and we would throw out Jang, and that was what solidified it for me. 100% I would take that. Get that, rid of Gorgie Jang's contract. Between the two deals, though, this is still a better deal, the Clipper deal. I think the Clipper deal is, a, and it's, I don't even know if it's relatively close, but as far as Wiggins' trades go, I think either of these are very palatable. If you had to do it. I, again, I have not jumped off the Wiggins bandwagon. I think he's going to improve. And we should mention this, by the way. He has a new trainer. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that move as well because I don't uh, remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he's worked with guys like Russ and Curry and, if I remember correctly, in the uh, – It's uh, Rob of, something, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it sounds like it's a good move. I mean, obviously, we want Wiggins to work with his guy Drew Hanlon, but uh, if he's going to work with somebody, this sounds like a good guy to uh, to set him up with. I and like I a, hope I, they can use him. Right? It's not a bad idea to switch trainers because you you know you never know what you're going to learn from the next guy. It's always good to be mixing it up. I mean. You know, going back, you know, from pickup ball, it was always nice to play basketball in different areas because you never know what kind of games you're going to play. Styles, things like that. So you're always going to take a little bit from it. So it's good to diversify your skill set, things like that. Rob, I think you found a gem here in terms of best available trade or best, you know, possible trade if you were to move Wiggins. I don't see that happening, but. I, I could get down with this. I think this would make the loss very pal- palpable. Palatable. Yeah, you go. Whatevs. Um, the Wolves get DeAndre, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly. They're only giving up Wiggins, Tyus, and Belly, which, by the way, do we have some Belly news? Sort of. Do you want to go over this, Kevin? Yeah, so there was a Instagram post... Uh, I believe it was over the weekend. Uh, Nemanja Bialica uh, was hosting a uh, a camp, and uh, uh, so great to see uh, Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, uh, was in Belgrade for an Adidas Hoops event, and Belly was there, and so it's, uh, the picture is Belly and Spider Mitchell. Um, and Belly uh, uh, called Spider the Rookie of the Year. Hashtag here to create, and Ricky Rubio. Throwing some shade in the comments. Uh, teammates next year? Question mark. So maybe trying to do a little bit of recruiting of uh, Nemanja Bialica as a member of the Utah Jazz. I mean, I want Belly here, but I would I would love him on the Jazz. I think they would give him a true shot to actually get some actual playing time, and I think he fits the schemes and the way they play basketball: shooting threes, uh, playing some decent defense, uh, you know, running the, and he can play multiple positions, which is nice. The European Joe Ingles, right there, man. Right. That's a good. Uh, that's, sorry, yes. sorry, a European Toby Flenderson. Whatever. <laughs> Kevin just Aaron, stomped all over my my cool Aaron, take there. Aaron obviously doesn't watch The Office. For those of you that do, Toby Flunderson <laughs> is uh, is Joe Ingles lookalike, if you will. He really is, by the way. It's scary comparison wise. Um, I would I would like to see it. I uh, you know obviously I want Belly on this team, but I think he's uh, better served on a team that's going to utilize him for his talents. And uh, if we can get a good shooter for you know maybe a little bit a uh, little bit on the cheaper side. Let's uh, let's do that then. Uh, Does that can we, can we open up the discussion? I mean, what if you had to pick a percentage? What would be your percentage percentage that we retain Belly? Ooh. 
Well, the, the issue for Belly, anyways, and for his camp is that there's almost no money to be had. And so we can probably sign him even though we don't have a lot of money for around the same price most teams would so it's just really going to depend on does he want to play wants. for a contender does he, he want to play as part of a rebuilder where you get maybe more starting how, minutes how are we not a contender well he's a restricted free agent too keep in mind so that is true that's going to be the big issue but is mean, that I'm, I'm teams saying, can't necessarily sign him away from us i'm i'm saying a team like Golden State, Houston, that maybe has a little bit of money to play around with, could go to Belly and say, hey, look, we'll use you as like a seventh man, a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Hey, like, Belly. Like kind of what, what the Warriors did with Omri Caspi. Um, sure. You yeah. know, like that kind of role. And I think Belly would thrive on a team like that that lives with the three ball. Belly he's, would look good on the Rockets. And he's earned minutes. That's what always is crazy yeah. to me that Fibs won't play him. And he uh, played well when he started, and he played years, well last year. How many yep. years does Ryan Anderson have left? I mean, he's been way hit or many. miss. And way too much money. Yeah. No, I'm just saying if the oh, Rockets to try, to, try to – Yeah, exactly. The, the Rockets try to move away from Ryan Anderson, get it into a cheaper substitute such as Belly, that could help – yeah, interesting. But they never. I'm, the, I'm here's the thing I will say about now. Ryan Anderson, though. He first of all, he's a Wolves killer. Yes, that guy never misses. Can we get him in the target center? But like for a lot less money. Yes. <laughs> so Ryan I mean? Ryan Anderson has uh, until the 2019 2020 season. So in 2020, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you got two, seasons and he will be making Rockets. 19 million plus for the rest of the contract with That's the Rockets. That's so crazy. That's a lot. Beelitz is going to find a home, though, whether it's here or somewhere else. I almost so as much as I want him here, I don't like that he doesn't get much of an opportunity to play. I could and see so him in a Knicks jersey too. There's other teams that maybe make more sense, but again, there's no money. And Doogie's made this point multiple times: is that it's going to be tough for other teams to sign him because we can match a lot of offers. So this is going to be an interesting offseason for Belly. He'd be fun to watch on the Jazz, though. I think we can agree. All right, so I teed up the question. Neither of you gave me an actual percentage. You gave me a lot of chatter. I'm going to go 60% he stays in Minnesota. Rob? I'm going to go, yeah. I think that's pretty – it almost might even be higher than that. I'll go I'll go 70. Zero. Zero percent. Wow. I don't think he's here. Hmm. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I, Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in when you're done. He's, he wasn't a Thibs guy originally. And I think Thibs is going to simply look at, hey, if I can get a player that I'm choosing that fits my style perfectly, he's been trying to mold Belly, let's be honest. And I think for the most part, and this isn't a knock on Belly, he really kind of played to that the best that he could this season. You know, he had a good injury. Um, it was significant. Played back, came back from that. I do think Thibs goes out and uses that money for a different player, not Bielitsa. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, yeah, but this isn't uh, the Bielitsa money isn't money you can spend on someone else because we're over the cap. The reason we can sign a guy like Bielitsa is because we can match and well, go no, over to we, keep we have we have a mid-level exception. Yeah, but you'd have that anyways. I know. I, I, a lot of that's going to so depend would, on that, we, too. You would say goodbye to Belly, and then you would just use your MLE. Yeah, I guess that uh, part of it's going to be you can, you can split the mid-level exception. So a lot of it's going to depend on what he demands in free agency. If he makes too much money, then I think you're right. I think there's better players, better fits where Thibodeau would say, this is a guy I'm actually going to use. But you've got to get someone to agree to come here. You know, you know what we're going to have uh, to bring back here this summer? The Howells. Nope, free agency Tinder. Free agency Tinder. Oh, Kevin's Kevin's favorite Howell 
bit. Well, yours and PAs. I mean, I'm I'm very familiar with Tinder as a whole, so oh. we all know your super match is Boban. Oh, heck my. yeah, it is. <laughs> Give me Boban any day. Oh my, as my backup center. I gotta somehow get him on the show, don't I? Uh, that will make my life. <laughs> I will legitimately. You'll weep. He will cry. weep. Yes, you would. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to fit in here. I hope you know that. Like he'd have to duck. We'll find a way. My first overall <laughs> goal is to get Boban in a prof music video. Yes, that needs to happen. <laughs> or or a young gravy music video. No. Could you imagine Boban in like Mr. Clean? Well, first of all, Chase Buttinger needs to be in a in a young yes. gravy video. Yes, the him and Topper. Uh, Okay. Shout shout out to Topper. We've we've (laughs) taken a detour here. All right. Let's get into these uh, $15 games that Rob found. Yep. So I found a number of, you know, the I have $15, make a roster, things like that. So uh, we'll start off with one that I thought was kind of cool, and it's build an all-time team with $15. So you've got some some pretty big names on this list. Uh, What are you guys thinking? Well, let's first off, since uh, people are listening to us on Dash Radio's nothing but net channel, Rob. They can't see the players on the list you're talking about. So start up there on that five dollar list. Read off who we who are we working with there? So five dollars, you're talking about obviously the greats. So LeBron, Tim Duncan, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. And is that Will Chamberlain? That's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes, Kareem. That looks like a Lou Alcindor pitcher. It do, yes, yes. Kevin, who are we working with for a buck? Kevin's got to put his reading glasses on because yeah, Aaron's, Aaron's broad so shoulders are blocking small. my view. Chris, we're talking Chris Paul, Ray Allen, some pretty good players for a buck, actually. Kevin Garnett, Scottie Pippen. Who's the guy in the bottom right? Isn't that Carl? Oh, I thought it was Carl Malone. Help Aaron getting about three inches away from the screen. That looks. That's Hakeem Olajuwon it for is. a buck. KG for a buck. Pippen's oh, for can a we dollar. Just take, I could just. Could I take just a dollar team? Like that's a solid. I don't like. I don't like Chris Paul though. Okay, two bucks. You're getting Steve Nash, AI, Charles Barkley, Durian. Bill Russell, the Snake. For three bucks, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, D. Wade, that's way too much. You got Dr. J, Dirk, and that's Wilt Chamberlain for three dollars. Holy cow. Who is four bucks, Rob? That's some value there. Four dollars gets you Curry, Kobe, Bird, Malone, and Shaq. Oh my goodness. So I'll say this. I my I'm definitely taking Garnett for a buck. No questions asked. Got to get him for a buck. Oh my goodness! Okay, scroll. Let me see the five dollars quick because I think uh, I got my roster. In fact, I think a good way to do it is uh, you just take one player from each tier, which is kind of the point. I think partially. Is it that equals fifteen? Yep. Nine. Yeah, it does. Okay. No, I don't want to do that. So here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking for my money. I'm going Kevin Garnett. I'm going Shaq. I'm going Steve Nash. Let's see. We'll go LeBron James, and we'll round out the roster with uh, Dr. J. Oh, my gosh. Are you, okay. Ready for my team, or does Kevin want to go? Kevin? I'm going to spend $11 on a team that's going to wipe the floor with everybody. No, okay. no. Come on. Aaron, Aaron, can you step to the, uh, to the right there, please? Thank you. Uh, so starting, I'm going to go KG. 
Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, and Wilt Chamberlain. $11 championship winner. Interesting. I think I'd win. I think I'd win this. Well, hold on. You haven't heard my team yet. I don't think I need to. (laughs) Uh, You're going to want to hear this. Okay. Starting in the $5 row, you're going with Michael Jordan because he's the GOAT. You're going with LeBron James because he's GOAT Jr. That's $10. I'm dropping down to the $3 row, Wilt Chamberlain. And I'm going to pair him up with... Kevin Garnett for a buck and Scottie Pippen for another dollar. And I'm going to have the greatest defensive team you have ever seen ever. (laughs) I mean, honestly, Jordan is probably one of the best guard defenders ever. LeBron's a great defender. Wilt and KG and Pippen. Come on, guys. That's the fun. This could be a future 2K segment. We'll have to come back to this. You know what? If you can, if you could make that, are are you able to make that starting five? Yeah, we probably could. Okay, hold on. Write write down the teams right now, and uh, we're gonna come back to this because if you can make that roster, I would love to see what that simulation looks like. We'll take a look at it. We'll take a look at it for a future. I think we can do that. You know what? You should post that poll up. Can you post that poll? Which team would win? Yeah, we can do that. We'll do it for. We'll do it for next week. There you go. Let's do that. You know, you got the image. You can put that up there next to the poll, and uh, we'll see if anybody else wants get, to pick their top five. Yeah, get other people's suggestions and that see who good. they think. Uh, like see if they can put together a team that would beat one I of ours. I think my squad just just somehow. But y'all ain't scoring a point on my team. And neither. Do you. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you heard me. Jordan, LeBron, they can't score. Yeah, oh Will. yeah. By the way, the guy that scored a hundred a game. Oh no, I got Wilt too. Oh yeah. Okay, Wilt. Wilt the okay. They, they cancel each other out. Okay. Yeah, so now what? <laughs> I got so Kobe. Now. I got KG. Okay, Kobe. Kobe and Michael. Okay, Michael wins that one. We know that. I already I already picked KG, so that cancels out. So who else? Ray Allen. Ray Ray Allen gets destroyed by LeBron. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Ray Allen wouldn't guard LeBron. Okay, well he's okay. Pippen. Pippen. I got Pippen and LeBron left. Cool. Who okay. do you have? AI and AI and yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I, I don't think it's. Even close. I don't think fine. it's going well for you. Not even fine. close. I'm just fine. Okay, we'll see. Don't worry about it. We'll, we got AI some and Ray Allen versus LeBron and uh, Pippen. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Never. Moving on to the next one. I think this one's really interesting, and it's who would be the best. Can you zoom that in a little bit? Yeah. So we'll break it down here. So we've got Russell Westbrook. If he was to gain Curry's shooting, if Kevin Durant was able to gain Kyrie's handles, we have. Obviously, James Harden gain Kawhi's defense, which would be pretty solid. Okay, and then the middle row we have, is it Curry gets LeBron's dunks? Yep, which I... uh... Then you have Giannis gets Kobe's mid-range. It's not bad. And you have D-Rose, who never got injured. Kevin, bottom three? Uh, John Wall getting Harden's shooting. Uh, Isaiah Thomas becoming six foot five. And Kawhi getting Russell Westbrook's athleticism. Guys, this one for me comes down to two. And I don't think they're really they're really close to anything else. Uh, Giannis with Kobe's mid-range. 
and Kawhi with Westbrook's athleticism. That's the one I was are looking my, at too. Are my one too because for me, Giannis is such a freak of nature athletically. But the one knock against him has been his mid-range shooting. shooting yeah. He can do everything else. Well, what about his three-point shooting? If, if, if you just said Kobe's shooting, I'd pick Giannis. But, but see, I, I think the, the mid-range game sets up a lot of the inside stuff for, for Giannis. I don't think he needs to be a three-point threat because once you start nailing the mid-range down, you can ball fake and just drive. And, and with Giannis's athleticism, you so much as get an inch off the ground, he's going to get past you. I, uh, Kawhi with Westbrook's athleticism would be – Incredibly it would scary. Be. It really would be incredibly the one, scary. The one that's I think the one that's underrated for me. I think John Wall getting a Harden's shooting. I think that's underrated. Why? Because he can show, finish show that step runs. back. That you know the step back. Because uh, obviously John Wall can handle the ball. Yes, he can. If he gets that step back, if he gets that consistent three point game, and he gets that because you're getting all of his shooting. So now we're talking the drives and getting all those fouls. So if you add all that portion of it to John Wall's game, that'd be pretty impressive. Okay. The one, can we all agree the stupidest one is Isaiah Thomas becoming 6'5"? Because I'm pretty sure just because he becomes 6'5 doesn't mean he has a healthy hip. Uh, Curry with LeBron's dunks, too, is pretty bad, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> that one just doesn't – that does nothing for me other than – Watching a, a smaller guy dunk like that would be kind of cool. But in all honesty, could you imagine James Harden with Kawhi level defense? That'd be pretty good. I, I mean, I hate James Harden's. At first game, glance, I did like the idea of Kevin Durant with Kyrie's handles. Well, there you guys go. You didn't let me pick my two, and now you know, Rob's already. Well, why don't why don't you say your two and well, show you your work? Pick seven show your work. The, you picked seven of the nine We're already. Just discussing them. All of them, apparently. That that's Russell Westbrook cool. gaining. Curry's shooting is my number one. Because it's pretty good. It's Curry pretty good. is the best shooter in the game. Westbrook is really the best offensive talent and really a defensive nightmare. And then my next one is Durant gaining Kyrie's handles because for me, Durant is really unstoppable. I mean, he, he only is missing just simply when he misses. It's not like you're... Really making him You're miss. not altering the shot Or anything like that Yeah so I think With that being said Those are my top two there I think we gotta move on guys We're running out of time here And the one thing that we need to touch on Is our own Minnesota Lynx Started Definitely. the WNBA season uh, With a finals rematch And it got a little testy Lindsay Whalen just I, I love her more and more every day. What and a fun game. This this game against the Sparks, she just uh, she showed me just how much she loves this team and uh, the fans gave it right back. Don't you want to see this a finals rematch? Abs- oh, hands down. I think this without a doubt sets the tone for the entire WNBA season and really leaves you wanting more. Because yes. yes. The way the last two WNBA finals have ended, it's been everything you could imagine a finals to be. And then you kick off the season in this manner where, you know, Whalen hits those final two clutch free throws. You think, hey, we just got to get a stop. I think there was like 5.8 seconds left or something like that. And, oh, they almost had her. Uh, Gray hits this crazy. Was that a left-handed little 0.3 seconds, I think, is how much time is left. Almost had that, you know, 
give it up for both squads, really. I mean, what a fantastic showing. What a way to start the season off. I'm sure the WNBA has got to be ecstatic. Um, I haven't seen, like, what the numbers are for how many people watch that game, but, I mean, it was a, a sellout. Uh, Lynx PR put out that tweet. Um, it was announced. I mean, that was big. That's that's awesome, and you know, congratulations, Lynx fans, for showing up, putting out that support. Because without everybody there in attendance, without everybody supporting the team that couldn't make it to the game, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's just it's building it all up. Yep, we I are agree. set for a fantastic and entertaining season. Um, you know, Maya Moore didn't have a game that she, she probably struggled. wished wish she, she did. Had. And turnovers, we turned the ball over like crazy, and like. A lot of the turnovers Now granted All turnovers are pretty stupid But we had some Just really sad turnovers Where you're just It's almost like You're not paying attention Yeah well you know what I I gotta you know Chalk it up for First game of the season A lot of you know There's had to have been Tons of intensity You know internally Maybe you're speeding things up Faster than you should have Um and then that all re- leads to some careless turnovers. No, the, the tough part for me is you lose this game and there's no Candace Parker. That's tough. Uh, I'm not going to call it a bad loss because even without her, the Sparks are a really good team. You know, they've got Odyssey Sims. They've got good quality players. But, man, I, it's a tough loss. At a minimum, it's a really tough loss. But you're right. It's game one. So, obviously... Let's be honest. They're going to make it to the playoffs. They're going to make a run. We'll, we'll all be pretty shocked if the Lynx don't make the finals. It, it's very interesting because watching the opening games, it really left me saying those are the two best and most complete teams. Thoroughly, they're, they're from top to bottom really deep. They have the most, I think, uh, talent uh, on any roster. I mean, our starting five rolls out there and you know it's just all-star after all-star you know team usa after team usa so there's a lot to be said for that and i think this is a season where you know the links have a lot to prove you have a retooled bench starting fresh with that i thought the bench looked good I think the bench has a, a ways to go. They definitely can get better. So I'm very ex- excited and looking forward to that. And I think Lynx fans anywhere should be excited about that as well. Thank you. Uh, Rob, you want to go over the uh, the upcoming schedule here? Yep. So coming up, we have the Minnesota Lynx take on the Wings. That's on uh, this, this coming Wednesday, the 23rd. We then take on the Liberty on the 25th. And then uh, you end that little runoff uh, before our next episode uh, on the 27th. So Sunday, we play the Mystics at 2 p.m. What are you guys thinking in terms of record? For, for my money, I do think we win those three games, especially after you lost to the Sparks. I think you go on a little bit of a run and you kind of play with a little bit more intensity. I think, I think you're spot on uh, with the three wins. I will add, given the amount of I, I think energy that went into that first game you know they really wanted to win that I think you have a lot you can look at and the team will take away from that loss sure. yep. that I kind of feel bad for these next three teams because <laughs> I feel like the Lynx are really going to make their mark known to the rest of the league that hey guess what yeah we did lose that first game but you know yeah, Here, was, here's the was, start of a 13 game win streak I was going to say the, the next even five games leading up to the rematch with the Sparks will be determined by how they answer the next game here on uh, on Wednesday. And I got to agree with you, Aaron. The, the next five teams that the Lynx play are in a lot of trouble because I think there's a lot of um, 
good anger in that locker room. You got not let- the not the not the negative tear apart kind. It's the you know we shouldn't have lost that game. Let's build off it. Let's crush the wings. Let's crush the Liberty, the Mystics, the Dream. Let's just let's show the Sparks that that was a fluke. And when we play them, you know, in in six games from now, let's let's beat them again. Let's show them that that we're the champions for a reason. I think part of let me add this too before we move on to the next quarter. I think part of the issue you run to early on in the season is you had quite a roster turnover for the Lynx, so that chemistry is going to take a little time to, to grow into as well. So I think that's kind of part of the, the struggles in a game like that. And I will say this, I think the Lynx played one of the worst games we've seen in recent history, and they still only lost by a point. So I think that tells you a lot. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right, Rob. And let's face it, these are the champs. So how do champions bounce back? Well, guess what? That's just going to be a bump in the road for them. They'll learn from it. I have no no doubt in my mind that they will continue uh, to proceed. They have no choice. But the next three games, I think, are all winnable. And we should see a 3 and one Lynx team when we sit down to record next week. All right. Well, that's going to do it for quarter two.